0: Defense doesn't just win championships. Sometimes it wins
1: fantasy leagues.
0: And their defensive line, especially the interior, is getting better. Vigizua,
2: Watkins, they can rotate guys in. So he isn't really a tackle heavy guy at this point, but he's a top 15 linebacker who do those big plays over the past four weeks.
1: This is the IDP Heat Seekers.
0: Welcome back to the IDP Heat Seekers show. We brought the enthusiasm, we brought the energy. Craig's got his game face on tonight. We are going to do some tiers. We love doing tiers on Heat's channel. If you are listening to this in podcast form after the fact, go over to Roto Heat's YouTube channel and you can see the tiers as we do it. If you are with us live in the chats, feel free to drop comments. We will get to those at the end of the show. And with that being said, tonight we wanted to play a little hypothetical game with you. So based on rotoheat.com, IDP rankings done by this dynamic trio of individuals, we are going to take about the top 15, 16 names, and we're going to try to project where we think they're going to go in rookie IDP drafts. So whether the first round, second round, third round, fourth round, fifth round of the upcoming rookie draft, not NFL draft, but rookie drafts, just want to make sure that's clear so that nobody thinks that we are doing something that we're not. So with that being said... Austin, welcome back, my friend. How are you this lovely evening?
1: I'm great. How are you guys doing today?
0: I'm living Splendid. the great
1: dream. Amazing. Yeah, we're good. We're good. It's a Monday again, which as, as I said last week to you guys outside this, I was like, how many times do you get to say you're excited for a Monday, but definitely excited to be here today, excited to share the show with you guys again, and hopefully we we'll get some user questions at the end of the show, Viewer questions, answer those. And this one's going to be a good one. Actually, I'm really excited for this.
0: Yeah, it'll be fun to see how this goes. Mr. Reith, what's happening in your world? How are you, my friend?
2: I'm doing just great.
0: Bringing the enthusiasm I love and appreciate as always. That being said, so we are going to go down the list of the Roto-Heat IDP rookie rankings, and we are going to try to put them in tiers. We are going to start off with Devin Lloyd, linebacker from Utah. Right now, he's projected as our top IDP rookie Austin, where would you put him in now? So we have this going based on the Roto-Heat IDP scoring. We can treat this as a one QB situation. We don't have to do super flex, but know that normally, at least in my experience, first round, you don't see a lot of IDPs go. I don't know that if you guys maybe know, I don't even think Micah Parsons went first round. I know I took him in the second round in a few drafts. Craig, did you see any IDPs go first round over the last few years?
2: The short answer is no. So there's a league that I had helped start years ago, 12 years ago, or something that this format was pulled from and tweaked with over the years. And going back to the first rookie draft, which I think would have been 2013, we've had one in that league rookie ever go in the first round. And that was clowny. I think that was in 2013, maybe. Didn't completely pan out for good reason, most of the time, you don't see guys. And then, Brad, there's even another one that we're in that is similar scoring. It's even boosted a bit more, the positionless league. And we didn't have any super flex, so, of course, that is different. But I don't think we had anyone go until the end of the second round there. and Davis went to the last pick of the second round. I guess Parsons, I'm sorry. Parsons did go in the second round ahead of him. But still, the second round is usually your sweet spot for most IDP leagues that I've seen where guys start to go, and even that it's maybe two or three. So...
0: All right. So, Austin, I'll give you the first chance at it. Where are you putting Devin Lloyd? And then we will haze you and tell you why you're wrong.
1: Yeah, Where are you putting him at? I'll probably put him uh, in. I've definitely put him in the second round. If you want me to pick a spot, probably say somewhere in the middle of the second round would be my guess. He's not my top overall prospect IDP wise, but uh, second round feels comfortable. He's a linebacker. He's going to get a lot of tackles. He's a great player in this class. Top two player for me. So I would have him in the second round.
0: Craig, would you concur that you would project him as a second-round rookie pick?
1: Yeah, I would expect
2: in most 10 or 12-team leagues, he probably ends up going in single quarterback leagues in the second round somewhere. A lot of it is going to depend on where he ends up. Brad prefaced it a bit. Draft capital and then team landing spot will matter for these guys, but for someone who's projected to be in that middle to late first round of the real NFL draft, you'd expect him to get immediate playing time or maybe a little bit into the season start getting that, and people are going to see that and fall in love with that. We know linebackers usually the top guys drafted, so that sort of area makes sense to me, too. Yeah,
0: is, so in just to play a little devil's advocate, is there a situation where you see a, a guy like a Devin Lloyd or, or any of the top backers, Kobe Dean, uh, Christian Harris, any Chad Muma, any of the guys that we think are probably first, second round picks, is there a situation where it goes to where you're like, oh, I'm not drafting him second, third round like, like I thought? If he goes to a team that doesn't seem like a scheme fit, is there a situation, Austin, where you wouldn't take one of these guys as high as you would, as you're even projecting with a Devin Lloyd?
1: yeah i could see moving them down or around if if they're in a scheme that I, I don't really care for or if maybe we know in this case Devin lloyd if he's a middle linebacker he goes to a team where they've got a, an established middle linebacker like a roquan smith i don't know why that would happen it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense for any team to draft somebody like that and then have them sit behind somebody of that caliber but in that situation of course i could see maybe drafting them one or two rounds later for sure it's possible
0: okay Mr. Craig, number two, Nicobe Dean, linebacker from Georgia. Is he another second-rounder? Is he a third-rounder? Where are you putting him at?
2: It's probably about the same sort of situation as Lloyd is, and those are two, generally speaking, linebackers that you see. I'm not counting edge guys. I'm talking about linebackers that you have going in that first round in the NFL draft. So, again, it's the same sort of situation where he's probably going to be getting that draft capital. Someone's going to take him in the second round. And I, unless something again crazy happens between now and then, I think that's the right spot for him. But this is probably, if we're just talking about straight linebackers, the only two that I would have in that second round.
0: And and these are considerably different styles of linebackers. Lloyd is 240 ish range, Nakobe Dean's what, six foot or under, depending on what you look at. And in the two twenty range, it, it very similar question to Lloyd. Does Dean go somewhere that doesn't fit his profile and his play style? And we know coming out, he was he's a firecracker, very fast, very sideline to sideline. Is there somewhere he goes that scares you away from drafting him in the second? You
2: could craft any sort of situation for somebody to go a place where I wouldn't feel as comfortable drafting them, But someone's going to end up taking them in the sort of leagues that we're talking about here, especially with what feels like this many questions about some of the offensive positions. I think you're going to have guys, especially in non-superflex leagues, I usually see a couple quarterbacks go and probably the second round. I think you're probably going to end up with fewer of those if you're in an IDP league. And I'm not saying it's going to bump these guys up to the start, but I think you'll see even more at the tail end of the second round when there's closer to balanced or higher scoring IDP leagues and you're going to see more of those guys jump up into the second round. So someone's going to end up taking them in the second round in most of these sort of leagues is my guess.
0: So follow-up question with these two, is there a spot within the second round? Like, so are there offensive players that you think, you know what, I'd probably rather this, these two linebackers than X guy we think goes in the second round, whether it's one of the wide receivers that's injured, that's slipping like a Mechie or one of the running backs that, that is, we're not sure about a James Cook or somebody like that. That's in the second round. Who is there somewhere there, a sweet spot for you guys where, We would want to start targeting them because some rookie drafts are going to happen pre-NFL draft. Austin, I'll start with you on that. Is there a place in the second round where you think these two linebackers are their sweet spots to start considering taking them
1: in an IDP situation? Depending on the the depth of the league, 10, 10 teams, 12 teams, I would say, yes, there is a sweet spot. And for me, it's pretty early, actually. I could see myself going to Kobe Dean at 201. Honestly, I, I like Nakobe Dean. I think he could leapfrog Devin Lloyd in the rankings. I think he's a, a phenomenal linebacker. I like what he does. I like his ability to cover his athleticism along with his ability to, to make plays, tackles and things like that. So I definitely uh, could see, I could see Nakobe Dean going early in the second round in the top three, four, five spots easily. And then Devin Lloyd, a similar situation. Really, it's all about which one you like.
0: What about you, Miss Craig? What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I. for me, it really
2: depends on the team that I have. If I'm a team that's gotten it through a trade or something where I'm weak at linebacker, but I'm set at offense and I don't end up liking positions that a lot of these offensive guys go and he goes to a great spot, I certainly wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, I think it really just depends on how you look at your team, like I said, but then also how you go about the general position. I've strayed away from drafting linebackers early on myself unless I really feel they're in a perfect position because I think you see a lot of situations, even this, you know, past year you come with a lot of the top guys taken in the NFL draft. They don't have that immediate playing time necessarily, and then you can probably get them, I shouldn't even say probably, but you may be able to get them for cheaper than what that initial investment is because the shine wears off, they don't play as much. Guy that took him. sees a nice, nice, nice new shining bright light somewhere else off in the distance, and you can get him a little bit cheaper. And I'm not saying that's always going to happen, but we saw it with guys with like Devin Bush, where if you even just waited a year, you probably could have gotten him cheaper. And if you still believe in him, you can get him even cheaper now. I would think because he's not going to cost you, you know, a high second round pick anymore. I don't think in most leagues. So. It really depends on how you go about it, but linebacker is something I tend to wait on more myself because I think if you're not getting a surefire guy with that top 10 potential and you're sold on it, you can get fill-in guys cheaper at linebacker than other positions, I think.
0: Can't argue that. All right, awesome. Back to you. Potential top two pick in the NFL draft, Aiden Hutchinson. Where do you think he lands in, a, in our upcoming rookie drafts?
1: This is tough because he's a he's an edge rusher, defensive end, although I will say I, I comp his game a lot to TJ Watt, his size, his speed, the way he plays, the power he has. So I could see him going in the second round as well, although I will say probably well behind Devin Lloyd and N'Kobe Dean both. So I would probably place him near the end of the second round, and then I could see him going in the third round too. I got no problem with him going in the third.
0: Craig? to your side. What do you think about Aiden Hutchinson? Where, do you project him somewhere in between round two or three, or is he firm in two or three?
2: I would think he probably goes, especially if he gets that top draft pick capital of a lot of team, not teams, but people are expecting right now with, with mock drafts and all the scuttlebutt. I think he probably ends up being a second round pick for someone. If he would go to the Jaguars, he'd I don't know how they wouldn't start him. It is the Jaguars, so who knows what happens. But with Urban Meyer out of there, I'd hope there's a little bit more common sense. You know, be him and Josh Allen. I I would think he goes in the second round myself.
0: So just just for fun, he projects better as a hand in the dirt 4-3 defensive end. But what if he goes to a 3-4 team that wants to have him rush off the edge? And in my mind, that caps his value. But what do you guys think about that? Do you think this doesn't matter? He's not scheme dependent? Or do you think he would be better suited in a four three versus a three four austin
1: i actually think that plays into his hand i i thought he did he rushed really well off the edge i thought that that's one of the things that he was exceptionally good at despite being smaller than some of the other guys in this draft we look at kvon thibodeau for instance who's just an absolute giant uh, in comparison I, i think aiden hutchinson will be fine off the edge if he was schemed in like that i wouldn't say it would cap his value He's a phenomenal player off the edge or off ball. So I I wouldn't say it, it would cap his value.
0: What's say you, Mr.
2: Craig? I prefer myself with his hand in the dirt sort of playing that way. Um, I, the only reason it may cap his value, if you want to talk about initially here, is I really didn't see him getting the sort of coverage reps that a full-time starter being out there is going to need to go out and do. Is it something he could do? We've seen that even with, offensive players before where they're not necessarily out there doing something all the time in college. So the belief is, oh, they can't do it. Like Jonathan Taylor and catching passes, just because you haven't seen him do it in college a lot, doesn't mean they can't. It just it leaves them more up as far as question marks. But certainly if he would go to a team like that, it's still going to be high in the draft. And I would have to think that they're comfortable with him, that he can grow into that aspect. So immediate returns, yeah, I think it would cap his value, but could he end up doing it? Yeah, perhaps I'm not going to sit here and say he can't because I mean he's more of an athlete than I could ever imagine to be. So, <laughs>
0: right. probably more of an athlete than any of us. All right. So next up is is arguably uh, my favorite IDP in this draft, Kyle Hamilton, safety, Notre Dame. Craig, where do you think he goes, and and what do you think about his, his prospects?
2: I think with the way that things are going in the NFL with safeties, with them not getting that. A lot of them that first-round draft capital that even people thought that they might, I think he probably falls farther in the draft than a lot of us ADP nerds or people that do mock drafts are thinking right now, especially with the news that came out that he probably ran closer to a 4-7 in his pro day and just the way, again, teams are valuing safeties. And I think that can end up translating to rookie drafts where, similarly, I don't see as many safeties going very high So it wouldn't surprise me, even though I think he's a great prospect and he probably had a great career in the NFL and that play speed that people talk about not being the same as that straight line speed that no matter how many times we tell ourselves not to fall in love with it, everyone in the world seems to, oh, he ran a slow 40. We know that isn't necessarily the same thing as when you're out there playing. Draft-wise, I think he probably ends up being like a third-round pick. Yeah, he could sneak into the second round, but to me, I'm thinking he's probably a third-round pick for our drafts.
0: What do you think,
1: Austin? I would probably echo what Craig said. And uh, The testing for me, based on what I saw on film, didn't take a whole lot away from him. Yes, you would have liked to saw him test better. But I will say, I'd like to see safeties that are able to play more in the box. His size does concern me. He's very long and uh, tall, but he, he's not very thick. And we saw him make some tackles and make some plays and things like that. He, he does seem to play physical at the college level, but I'd like to see how he does in the pros and how some of that translates to the pros. I could see him being the type of safety who does you know, is a ball hawk. He has great ball skills and he could get some interceptions and create some turnovers and things like that, maybe score some points that way versus being a tackle heavy guy. However, I'm not going to invest a lot on a safety without knowing for sure that he's that guy. So with some of the reservations that I have with Kyle Hamilton, I would say comfortably in the third round uh, is where I would place him.
0: Understandable. So the other dynamic that, you know, and, and when we're talking about knowing your league and knowing your scoring, typically rotating scoring wise, you get more points for interceptions, touchdowns, some of the bigger play stuff. Does that factor into the equation when you're deciding if you want to go chasing a linebacker that you're pretty sure gets get you a bunch of tackles versus safety or or somebody that's that could get you more interceptions, more touchdowns? Does that factor in a lot for you, or do you want to go with a safer floor when it comes to IDPs, Craig?
2: Both, which I know isn't a, a good answer for safety. So just I up? like I like players that are ball hawks. I've, I've always liked guys like that. And to me, go back Honey Badger. He's a guy that he didn't go crazy high in the NFL draft because of issues, and he also sort of fell in rookie drafts. Guy this past year, Javon Holland. I felt that way about him. Andre Cisco, who we didn't really see a whole lot this year, had that same sort of level in college. But even uh, two years ago, I think, Antoine Winfield Jr., I remember when we were doing our rookie stuff before, and I was the highest out of the three of us at that time, the other guy that was on with us. And you, and he had questions about his size and all that. And I said, look, he makes plays. He has that pedigree. He knows how to track to the ball and even if he doesn't get you an interception passes defended will get you points it's the same as a tackle so there's value in that so i do like guys that are ball hawks but i don't think you can sit there and project oh he's going to be an interception machine because it's just so highly variable for most players and even the good players that do get you interceptions it varies a lot from year to year and i don't think you can really count
1: on those points by and large
0: what say you mr austin
1: yeah, I would agree with that. And I would I would just also say that we're talking about the NFL. These guys are playing against the elite of the elite at quarterback. It's really hard for me to, to say, yeah, this guy in college, he generated a ton of turnovers. He's going to go to the league and do the same thing. I would much rather see a guy that has the ability to, again, be physical, play all over the field, be moved up into the box, and have that safer floor. That's for me personally. But I would say for a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, it's, I guess I'm on the opposite end of that, where he's a guy that I think could get to the quarterback and create lots of big points by getting sacks. So I would go for him because I think that he has that upside. So it really just depends on the position and the player. I guess it would be case by case. So what along the lines of what Craig said, it's a little bit of both
0: little bit of both i like it all right a little bit of both we are now going to talk Kayvon thibodeau defensive end edge depending on your league austin where do you project him where do you feel comfortable going after him
1: so we talked a little bit before the show about what we look at on film versus what we see in testing and when we see somebody who's really great on film and they don't test the way we want them to how far do we move them down for me it's not very much i'm more of a film guy i will say Kayvon thibodeau's film was good, particularly good. But I thought I liked Aiden Hutchinson's a little better. So I had him ahead of of Kayvon Thibodeau. One thing I will say though, is his testing. Guy ran a, what was it, like a four or five? That's insanity. So I've got him moving up. I've got him comfortably in the second round. If you've got Hutchinson, I've got Thibodeau in the second round as well. And
0: you hear a lot of the the folks, the pundits, scouts, talk about the inconsistency uh, of Kayvon is what's keeping him lower. Than Aiden, because Aiden's... But even at that, look at some of the bigger games. Hutchinson still was shut down. Think about Georgia, things like that. There were times where it looked like he had disappeared. All defensive ends have spurts where they just don't have it, and they're getting shut down by the edge, or by the tackle on the edge there. But they're both very athletic and very talented defensive ends. Craig, how do you feel about Thibodeau, and where are you putting him at?
2: So just in terms of edge rushers, he going into the whole draft evaluation process here of January on that we've been working on here at Roto Heat, as far as studiously working on it. Thibodeau came into as my top edge guy and he remains my top edge guy. And I know Hutchinson last year when we were going through this because we wasn't really sure when we started. So that would have been two years ago before the draft, before Hutchinson decided to go back to Michigan. The comp I had for him is like a Cam Hayward type of guy because I think that's the best sort of He's a big guy that can get down there and stay in the dirt and just make plays for you consistently over time. And I think if you want a guy with a long-time high floor, I think that's going to be Hutchinson. But if you're going for a ceiling with a guy that can just be people at hoped Clowney maybe someday, not that Thibodeau will be that, but it has that same sort of feeling with it. He's just an electric player that's going to be able to go out there and just make those huge plays for you. There may be a little bit more inconsistency We'll have to see, but ceiling wise, I like Thibodeau more. And if I had to take one of the two, I would take him. So he's definitely in round two for me.
0: I like it. Fun. Okay. So next up would be to you, Craig, and that would be David Ojabo, the now unfortunately injured defensive end from Michigan. Does he slide in the NFL draft and in rookie drafts in your mind?
2: It's all speculation because we don't really know what teams are thinking, but based on, The rumors that get spilled out and the secrets get leaked and all that sort of stuff. He probably was going to be in the top half of the NFL draft, and now it sounds like there's a good chance he could slide into day two. We've seen teams trade up for guys, even though they might be injured and have some time before they can play, get into the back of the first round because you get that fifth-year option all that sort of fun stuff. So That could happen. I think he probably goes in the second round of the NFL draft, and the injury, I think, just does drop you probably in fantasy leagues too because a lot of people don't like to put an idp on the ir right away most leagues have limited ir spots third fourth round somewhere in there i mean if i was a contending well, I team i don't really have a lot of holes to fill and i could stash them on IR and be fine with it and hope for the best i'd probably be fine taking them in the third round but I probably wouldn't take him in the third round
1: myself at this point in most leagues.
0: Austin, what do you say about that?
1: I'm glad you agree. I'm right there with you. Fourth round for me, although I will say he's a guy that could have a great return for you. If you're just patient enough, take him in the fourth round. He's the one guy on this list that I think could, give you the best return if you ask me to just pick one despite these other guys that we've talked through so far in this episode they're all elite talents should project well to the NFL and translate well but David Ojabo is a guy that you can get later and could give you a really good return on that investment so I've got him in the fourth as well I think the injury definitely does hurt him not only in the NFL draft but certainly in fantasy drafts as well yeah, he's,
0: and in, in, just to add on to what you guys are saying, in my mind, he was one of those guys that I probably even, I don't want to say even before the injury, but probably even before the injury because a lot of people are projecting him a 3-4 outside linebacker. And when I look at the teams and the needs, I was okay even letting him slide even further. Quite honestly, if you went to a team as a 3-4 edge guy, I probably wasn't going to draft him this year just because they were going to need to get him up to speed because he spent hit, all of his career a little bit that he's been playing edge rusher with his hand in the dirt and not standing up and, and it may not be that big a difference but it's enough of a difference that i would rather let him struggle as a rookie or you know a second year guy and then try to buy him on the cheap instead of wasting a draft pick when i could take a flyer on a, a wide receiver running back throw him on the on the taxi squad and see if they blow up so I'm with you guys. I was, as I was, as we were prepping, I was probably putting him fourth, fifth round was in my mind. Since the
2: Michigan <laughs> guy doesn't have faith in him, that makes me feel great.
0: Michigan's been up and down in their producing of people. I believe in K. Woody Pay, so I still think there's something there, but hasn't really been healthy enough to show much. And even Aiden. I like Hutchinson a lot. I think he's a safe floor play of the two edge guys. Even at that, I would rather uh, let somebody else take the chance on him if my roster even is remotely fine at, at defensive end. So...
1: On one hand, if you think, I was going to say, on one hand, if you're in your draft and you think Ojabo is, fourth round, is going to be overdrafting him, and and if that's your evaluation, your personal evaluation, then wait till the fifth and see if he's there. And then if he is and you're able to get him and you're happy with that, then be happy with that. So I could see it on both hands. Like, on one hand, if you're going to, if somebody's going to overdraft him compared to where you have him, let him do it. But if he's there and you got him in the fifth, take him in the fifth and run with it.
0: What were you going to say, Craig?
2: Just to say, yeah, Brad, you're just going to wait for that Rashawn Gary third year breakout for Ojabo, and then try to get him. We'll
0: keep waiting. All right, so Austin, it is back to you, and it is Chad Muma, linebacker. What what do you make of him? this? Is the 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 Craig Wreath special here? Uh, special player, special talent. Is he a high draft pick?
1: Yeah, he's got a high motor. He's a special talent. He he racks up the tackles. He seems to always be in position. He's a high football IQ guy. I would have him in the third round. I really like Chad Muma.
0: You talked him up and then you said, yeah, middle of
1: the draft. Yeah, the second round for me, as far as IDP goes, is really reserved for the elite of the elite. I would say you're probably overdrafting him, taking him in the second, but in the third round, he's a guy you should be Pretty excited to, to land if you don't land one of the top two linebackers we've already talked about.
0: Craig, do you agree? Third round.
1: Yeah. I and the, the follow-up question is
0: is this the next Anthony Barr as well to you, Craig?
2: No. <laughs> Although the whole thing about Anthony Barr really, are you going to go to a team that's going to utilize you and not misplace you for most of your career? I think Anthony Barr, if he goes to a different team and he isn't just shoved there as a 3-4 sort of, you know, outside guy on the Vikings, he could have had a very different career. He was, he was a smart, athletic guy that, to me, he was miscast, and, you know, now most of his career is behind him. So could that happen? That certainly could. But the, the sort of high-effort guys that may not, you know, be the most talented with their God-given gifts and all that sort of stuff, like Muma, sometimes it feels like they get forgotten because they're not it's flashy, and he went to Wyoming. It's not one of these big, crazy name schools where everyone's seeing him week in and week out. So, I certainly think you could end up getting a value with him in the third round there. Yeah, and I think that is the sweet spot for him.
0: Yeah, linebacker is a fun position in, in fantasy to draft because if you if you hit on one in those middle rounds, and that could return a huge return on the investment for you. And Moom is one of those guys that feels like they could be that next huge return on the investment type player.
2: He Um, reminds me, and I know like size-wise and all that, it's not the same, but he reminds me uh, years ago of Chris Borland out of Wisconsin who didn't play very long because he decided uh, the CT wasn't worth playing, but a guy that I think he was taking in the third round too that just ended up being an amazing linebacker for two years or whatever, and he had a great career out of him if he kept playing, but that high-effort guy that is just smart and knows where to be and knows how to play the game. Yeah, for sure. All right, Mr. Austin, back to you.
0: Jaquan Brisker, safety, Penn State. What do you think about him? Where are you putting him?
1: Yeah, Jaquan Brisker is a really good safety in this class. Obviously, not our top safety. I don't, he's probably third on our list uh, that I have. So, I'd probably say third or fourth round for me. Depending on where he goes, he'll get decent draft capital for a safety. So depending on where he goes in the draft, third or fourth round, I'll say fourth.
0: Craig, what do you think about that? Are you are you leaving him in the fourth round or are you chasing him somewhere earlier?
2: Yeah, for these safeties, landing spot and potential playing time is going to matter so much. We saw it last year, especially with a lot of safeties taken in that sort of second and third round and how many of them ended up Being really relevant for fantasy football purposes this past year and getting playing time, and there was like one safe, well, two. You got Holland who actually played and did well, and then Trayvon Mowry who played a lot, but just with how he's used in that Raiders defense, he didn't catch a whole lot in terms of fantasy points, and the rest of them just didn't play a whole lot and when they didn't do a whole lot. So I think sometimes there's a lot higher of a learning curve for those people, and I like Brisker. I think he's I don't have my rankings memorized. Everybody can go send me hate mail on Twitter or something about it. I think I have him as my second safety, so I do be second or third. But he's yeah, your sec-
0: he's your second safety.
2: Not being completely sure how all this stuff pans out, I'd probably be comfortable in the fourth round.
0: Yeah, Brisk, the funny thing is he's not, he's our second or third or safety when it comes to our rankings, but he feels like the one that, when you want when i or at least when i personally watched him feels like the one that could be the best one in this class just because i feel like a team could use him as a nickel corner and a blitzer and in coverage And man he feels very like he's not scheme and i don't want to say any other guys are scheme dependent per se but he feels like one that you can use all over the formation and has shown enough speed and enough intelligence to to just be a do-it-all guy so Every time I look at my records, I'm like, Kyle Hamilton is still my favorite safety in this class, but then I keep going, man, Briscoe really needs to be in that conversation as the best safety in this class, because I think whatever team gets him could start him day one and do all sorts of stuff with him. And and he'd be successful. Get you sacks, get you interceptions, get you whatever. And it's, man, I feel like we're sleeping on him, but we're not really sleeping on him because we still have him as one of our top safeties. So we're thinking fourth round.
2: Well, and the other thing to remember. Hamilton could be the best safety in terms of NFL career and accolades and all that when all is said and done. Well, Brisker could still end up being a better fantasy player for the first three years of their career or something like that, too. We see, especially in secondaries and maybe more so with cornerback. But just because you're one of the top players at your position doesn't mean you're necessarily going to be one of the top fantasy players. And I think uh-huh. linebacker, defensive end, you usually see more of a correlation where secondary, you don't necessarily see that. It, it's worth monitoring, yeah.
1: Yeah, last year, Andre Cisco and Richie Grant were those guys that I thought were just exceptional talents that you wouldn't have to overpay for. And you saw how those panned out. They you know, just didn't get enough playing time, didn't get enough opportunity. So you got to wait for them. And that's not Mm -hmm. necessarily to say that uh, they were bad picks, but because they still have time to develop. But what I will say is that if I'm forced to choose between third or fourth round, I wouldn't tell anybody to overpay. Draft them where you're comfortable and keep in mind that sometimes with the secondary players, they don't always just jump right into the starting roles.
0: Yeah. And that, that actually springs up a, a more interesting conversation about, drafting idps that aren't going to start year one and obviously there's a lot of factors that go into it league size starting positions all of that if you are pretty sure a guy's not going to start year one do you draft him at all and or do you draft him late for taxi squad i put idps on my taxi squad but most of my leagues that aren't extremely deep like my just my more basic idp leagues guys won't put idps on their taxi squad they don't even worry about it they just hit the waiver wire or try to make a trade. Craig, do you do you think for some of, maybe some of the, the, the not so large IDP leagues, if you don't think a guy is gonna start, are you not even gonna touch him or would you recommend not touching him in, at all?
2: At a certain point in the first round pick linebacker or edge guy, is sitting out there not being taken, and you're getting to the fourth or fifth round. I think there is just for if you can hold on to him for that training camp hype. If something starts popping, and then even if you don't want him necessarily on your team, trading him away, if you can get you know him in a third round pick to get a wide receiver in the second you couldn't get, or something like that that you want, I'm fine doing that. I don't, it, and this is where I, it's a weak spot for me because I don't play a whole lot of redraft. Last year was my first IDP redraft league in years. And I'm in another one sort of this year where it's you keep five IDP guys out of your like full starting 11 or 12. But the rest of mine are by and large leagues with deep benches. It's good to play in a variety of leagues and sort of get that thought process in. But yeah, I don't know that you're really going to know for a lot of these guys until after or right at the end of training camp because we saw guys taken in the first round last year that didn't do much of anything with davis and collins who everyone got so excited their top 20 picks there's places they can line up and play right away and circumstances dictated that they just didn't whether they weren't ready or teams were competing for a title stuff like that or washington thought they would be until things happened yeah it's hard sometimes if you look at the top three rounds of linebackers you had parsons bolton diablo towards the end of the year and then jok when he was healthy for the second half of the year but besides that out of what you had eight Sort of inside-ish, if you just want to group those guys, non-edge linebackers, and you had three of them really make an impact, that's rough. So
0: yeah, absolutely. And that that really does mess up your rookie draft if you're banking on these guys giving you value when they don't. Uh Austin, I'll throw that question over to you. Is there a point in the drafts where you're like, you know what? I'm just gonna let these guys go and not even worry about it because I don't think they're gonna play, or do you, you know, like Craig, throw them under tax squad, hope they pop and trade them off?
1: Yeah, the short and sweet of it would just be it's all based on evaluation and probably position. I'm glad Craig mentioned Zavin Collins because I think he's a shining example of a guy that ended up in a spot who didn't get as much playing time as we had all hoped and probably got overdrafted based on his playing time in year one. However, I will say if you've got Zavin Collins right now, you're probably feeling pretty good heading into year two, hoping he'll see some more opportunities. And he's a great player. So You know, when I look at guys like him, or like I mentioned, Richie Grant, I had mentioned Andre Cisco, who was a personal favorite of mine and those evaluations to me, I I really liked those guys. But if your league is not deep enough for that, I would not recommend drafting those guys. I would certainly recommend uh, waiting on those guys and maybe picking them up for a lot cheaper. Uh, Maybe taking a flyer on a receiver or running back who may pan out for you. So that would be my recommendation. I like
0: it. All right. Craig, to you, George Karloftis, defensive end from Purdue. What are you doing with him? Where are you putting him at?
2: He's more of a old school throwback type of edge player where I think he kind of needs to be down there as a defensive end. I don't think there's probably a whole lot of movement for him to be an outside linebacker, probably even kick inside. So I think his position out of the people we've talked about is really set. If you had to pick one of them, he probably falls to the fourth round for me. It's one of those things, excitement, and then I also don't necessarily see him getting the draft capital and that starting position that's going to excite people right off the bat. And for me, where I'd be comfortable taking him is probably the mid to late fourth round.
0: Yeah, I get a very, like, Jared Allen, hardworking, everyman type vibe from him when I think about what he can be at the next level. He's going to come in, he's going to give you everything he got. And in the right scheme, that'll probably give you a really nice, productive defensive end. Uh, That doesn't always work out that way, but that's where I'm at with him. Austin, where where are you at with Karloffis? Is he a fourth-rounder for you, too?
1: Probably a solid fourth-rounder, I would say. He's going to get the draft capital, I would think, too. Put him in a, an immediate role uh defensive end especially is hard to come by a guy like him as talented as he is as strong powerful as he is off the edge he's a great run stopper he should be able to get to the ball potentially even to the quarterback he's not as fast as some of these other guys and as le- athletic but very powerful and he should see a starting role but yeah he's a traditional defensive end and those guys typically have less value for me so i would say fourth round and if you want to go later, maybe you can get him later, but fourth round feels pretty comfortable. I like it. I like
2: it. If I, if I had to throw out a comp, because again, I hate
1: comps, but I know people love them. A
2: more relevant one than Jared Allen, perhaps. I mean, like Sam Hubbard is what he feels to me where he said, yeah, I know you know who Jared Allen is, but you're 50 years old or whatever, Brad. So I, I was about to say, gotta... Jared,
0: Jared Allen might come to your house and be like, listen, I'm relevant, all right?
2: To these newer IDP folks, you know, I mean, IDP is a niche thing to begin with. And then a lot of people, you're expecting to know who a big name was 15 years ago or something. And if he ends up being half a Jared Allen, I think he'll be happy with his career. So
1: I'll tell you what, if he's Jared Allen, just go ahead and put him in the second for me. Because Jared well, Allen was well, able to get to the quarterback as well as anybody. And well,
0: remember, it took him a little bit of time. He wasn't an immediate yeah, that's true. thumper. It took that's him a true. minute.
1: Fair enough.
2: where are you taking jared allen in this draft brad
0: (laughs) i'm not because he's what 50 years old now So (laughs) i don't want a 50 year old defensive end on my team speaking of 50 year old defensive ends which we're not going to be we're going the opposite we're going with 23 year old jermaine johnson austin what are you doing with this defensive end that had to transfer a few times to really make an impact is he going to make an impact at the next level and are you taking him early or no
1: He's really talented. He should get good draft capital as well. Good at rusher off the edge. Strong. Again, he's very athletic. Probably in the fourth round for me, but I could probably go fifth round on him as well. So I'll say fifth. I'm going to go fifth.
0: Let's say you, Craig, is that madness to you or are you fine with that?
2: It feels about right. There's a he fits into that sort of new mold of guys that we're talking about and why that sort of edge position even really exists where he can do both sort of things, and you're not really sure which one you want to put him at if you're an NFL team, I think, because you see he has that ability to go put his hand in the dirt, stand up and play that sort of outside linebacker where he could you know drop into the flat to go after running back or something like that because he has that higher level of athleticism than your traditional defensive end like you know, we just talked about with george it also offers more questions i think to me about where is he going what's he going to be able to do and how much of an immediate impact are you going to have because we've seen some guys this past year like a guy like aziz who fell to i think it was the second round to the giants and it took a while for him to really get up to speed and then he started to show some flashes but you can probably also wait on guys like that because I there's a lot of adjustment to that speed factor in the NFL, like we've talked about. So fourth, fifth round, anything like that, it's really going to be your, which one of these super athletic edge type of guys do you fall in love with? And that's probably the one you want to take a stab at in the fourth round. Otherwise the fifth round feels right.
0: Does this guy give you Gregory Rousseau vibes? I feel like he's, Except it's kind of the opposite through the draft process. Jermaine Johnson all of a sudden showed up senior bowl. Everyone got excited during the draft process. But I but I feel like this is a guy that I'm undervaluing that could make it and all of a sudden be successful year one when I just don't I don't know that I see it jumping all over the place to finally get to a spot where he could get some heavy playing time. I don't know that this guy pushes anybody for immediate playing time on a team that has a solid edge on one side and then the run stuffing edge on the other side, like I just don't know where this guy fits for immediate production. I'm fine with the fifth round grade for me. it's fifth round or undrafted at least until I can see what the NFL does with him. But Austin, is there a situation where, you know, who are you, who do you comp him to? And, and what do you think of him early on? Does he push somebody for playing time quickly?
1: Yeah. I think Rousseau is a pretty good comp for him. I know Craig loves comps as well. So I, I think that's a decent comp. But I don't think, I don't think Ojalary is as a, good of a comp. I thought Aziz was more fit for an outside linebacker than an edge rusher. Didn't really have the size to line up, as you guys said, and put their hand in the dirt, line up inside and just go use his size to just dominate somebody. I thought where he excelled was his athleticism and power that that way and then also just being able to be in coverage so i don't think jermaine johnson necessarily has those same traits i don't think that would be as good of a comp but i would probably say like you guys said as high as high as i would take him is the fourth round and that's just if my eval falls in love with him and he ends up in a perfect spot or a perfect scenario but Again, you just got to see what the NFL does with him in the the draft, what team he goes to, what that that situation looks like if there's a path to playing time for him or if he's a guy that you, you may just have to stash or just not draft at all and grab later at a lower value.
0: Speaking of a guy, Christian Harris, linebacker, Alabama, Craig. What are you doing with him? Where are you putting him at? And it is true, you hate comps. What's your comp for
2: Christian Harris. I don't have one for him. I, I do not have a comp for everybody. Uh, I, I think I've used up my comp quota probably for the next month here because I don't have one for every player. Because I if it doesn't jump out to me with a feeling of when I see a guy yeah, like, oh, like I got he's got shades of this or that, I, mm-hmm. I tend not to do him because I think at that point you're just you're stretching for him. Harris, it'll be interesting to see it. It feels like right now people are saying he's gonna be a day, yeah, because the draft is three days now. I still go back to the days when the draft was Saturday and Sunday and I was in college. I could sit around drinking all day, just watch the entire rounds and talking about it. And now they've stretched it to it. I got to take off of work Thursday and Friday to be able to get my full draft experience. Not that I'm drinking all day. Cause I'd be out for a month. If I was doing that, but, uh, I think it's really going to depend on where he goes. Cause we've even seen guys go to what feels like a good situation like Pete Werner and maybe he got some playing time at the end of the year and looked all right, but just didn't do a whole lot. And before him, it was the same sort of thing with Zach Bond where it's, Oh, he went to a great situation to get playing time, take him in a fourth round pick or something like that. And it just bleh, doesn't do anything. So even if he gets the draft capital, I'd really want to see what team he goes to. And that could bump him up to a fourth round pick. But to me, I'm stashing him probably in the fifth round myself.
0: Yeah, it's tough with him. And I'm not saying I love comps, but I do try to do comps very similar where I just, does this guy look like a similar type player to give me an idea of what I'm working with or what potential could be working with to try to project what I would hope, you know, for this player. And Harris being undersized, what is he, six foot? Like he's under 6'1", I believe, in like in the 220s. And it's so hard when I try to, to nail down what to make of him. And I just, I'm not sure until I see what defense he goes to, if I'm really comfortable drafting him at all with the other linebackers in this draft class. And quite honestly, as we get to three, four, and five, there's plenty of wide receivers and some tight ends that I wouldn't mind stashing to see how they develop because maybe they didn't get used a lot in college like in Isaiah. At a situation that they didn't get used a lot. There's tons of other players. on I've got Christian Harris up against any number of guys, I'm like, I'm probably going that other guy. You know, Austin, are you a fourth, fifth-round guy? What do you think about Harris?
1: Yeah, probably if you want to give him positional value at, at just because he's a linebacker, you could potentially take him in the fourth. And if he's a guy that you believe in, I would say fifth, and I think what kind of scares me is he has shades of, and again, we don't want to use a necessarily direct comp, but he has shades of, not just because he's from Alabama, Dylan Moses. Dylan Moses obviously had an injury, but he reminds me, he gives me that vibe, that Dylan Moses vibe, and I'm just not sure I'm 100% in on Christian Harris. He's got some good qualities to his game. We've seen him make some incredible plays, tackles hard-hitting linebacker he seems to fly around the ball can move well but he's not as complete as some of these other guys i would say fifth round is is a pretty good area where if i could get him in the fifth i'd probably be pretty happy with that and him being a linebacker
0: all right follow up to you lewis sign where are you sending him to what round are you doing austin
1: so he's my second safety overall i do have him ahead of jaquan brisker Although I would say this one's tough. I know probably fourth round because again, it just goes back to when I'm placing these guys, if I'm giving advice to someone and someone's watching this show right now and they're going, where should I try to get these guys? You know, the last thing I want to do is tell you to overspend on someone and draft someone higher than you should and waste a pick fourth round. If you can get them there, be happy with that. But again, if Lewis sign is a guy that you just fell in love with and you think that based on your scoring and, and the depth of your league, that he could go in the third, take him in the third.
0: I'll tell you, Craig, how are you feeling about him? And where you Yeah, going? if
2: he went to a situation, like we said, where it looks like he's really going to get into immediate playing time and has a chance to produce well, and the first thought that comes to mind for me is if he went to the Steelers to be the other guy alongside Fitzpatrick there, with that sort of question marks that they have with their middle linebackers, I think that could be a great spot where with uh, how we all sort of like him is, you know, that second or third round, excuse me, second or third rated safety for maybe all of us. Again, I don't have these memorized, but in that area, I think that'd be a great spot. And yeah, certainly you could see him jump up somewhere to the third round or something like that. But the fourth round feels right to me as well at the moment.
0: All right. So back to you. Trayvon Walker, the the defensive end that is everybody's darling come draft season. Where are you putting him and what are you doing with him? Mr. Craig, sorry. Uh,
2: He's still still one of those fourth-round guys to me until I know where he's going and what he's doing. He's a little bit different that I could see a team wanting him just because of what he's shown to put on a little weight and just be used all across the entire defensive line in different situations, like shove him inside on passing downs and stuff. Otherwise, you know, keep him outside. And I think he could do that well, too. I don't think he's necessarily immediately uh, coming to mind as a guy you want to do that with. But, again, I'm not a professional here by any means. So I'm not as in love with him. He's, again, one of those guys that's in that group of super athletic guys that I think can do a lot depending on the scheme that they go to. And I'm putting those all in the fourth round right now without having any more information.
0: We aren't professionals, we just play him on YouTube TV. Austin, Leo Chenal, what are you doing with this linebacker and where are you slotting him in at?
1: I like him a lot. I, he's a guy that's gonna get a ton of tackles for you. I would probably place him, I would probably place him in the fourth round. I like him probably a little bit better than Christian Harris. I think his ability to make tackles and be around the ball, are the thing about him that I was worried about with his size is was his speed. Would he be a, a liability in coverage and how many, How? what would his snap count look like? What would his snap percent look like? But then he tested and he was one of those guys that I liked pretty well on film. And then he tested well. And I thought maybe there's a shot. I did look at his PFF grades in coverage and I will say they were not great, but um, but I just don't understand. So he tested so well. He ran a, a great 40 time for his size. That is incredible. I think he was a four or five guy as well. So I like him, and I'm going to keep him in the fourth round. Well, remember how
0: Wisconsin's defense is deployed. A lot of those linebackers, are sending up to be run stoppers to, to go after the quarterback, to get in the backfield. You know, dropping back in coverage isn't always the forefront of the teaching there at Wisconsin.
1: Yeah, um, so I haven't closed the book on him, but I'll say if he's able to, to uh, play well in coverage – at that size, and just being able to, to go sideline to sideline and make those tackles. Whew, I like him.
0: Greg, any concerns? Chanel at, at fourth round?
1: If I had to bump someone up out
2: of this fourth round group to be a for sure third rounder, if we all had to pick someone, he'd be the one just because, again, he's a linebacker. But two, yeah, what we've seen out of him as far as what he put on tape and then how he tested out mm-hmm. and where I think he's going to get draft capital, I could see him when it's all said and done being a third rounder. Okay. all right
0: so at this point i've lost track of who did that one first daxton hill austin where are you putting him at
1: daxton hill somebody i think a lot of people have fallen in love with more than i have personally i would have him in the fifth round, Just fifth a round. Fifth i round, like him Frank? He's he's good but fifth round he probably
2: ends up in this more than I did. It seems like it's Michigan show every other player here tonight. He'll probably end up They're being more of a free safety in the NFL, which just historically doesn't get you as many fantasy points, too. So, a fifth round, I we aren't disagreeing a whole lot here tonight, I and mean, we're going to have to poke the bear in Brad or something make fun of these Michigan guys. But, yeah, fifth round for me for hell.
0: You make fun of them all you want. If they just keep winning, I guess. It doesn't really matter. This is the first year where they've been winning.
2: This is the NFL we're talking about. I don't care what
0: they win in college. Very <laughs> true. Very true. We can't poke the bears' cage about Michigan. They're never going to be an NFL
2: team. I'm a, uh, a college football agnostic. I don't have a team that I care about, so I'm not going before to get it out we of
1: before we cover Drake Jackson here, and we're talking about Michigan as a team, but I just want to look at Georgia's defense and all the elite prospects and and high end prospects that they're putting into the NFL. Guys that are projected to go so so high. Do you think at some point we're going to find out that? Maybe one or two of these guys were just benefactors of playing with guys who were exceptional. Some of this is going to sort itself out, right? Like, you, you guys feel that way, and you guys have any opinions on who that might be?
2: I don't have a guess as to who it is, but I certainly think you see that, and we've seen that at other positions and teams before. The One of the things for years was you don't take a linebacker from Alabama because they just don't pan out being that sort of three-down stud, and you know, we sort of talk about with Harris, but not – He's a great college player. Dylan Moses, even more amazing high school player, great college player for a few years. And he was undrafted as a priority UDFA to the J Jaguars last year. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I certainly think you are going to see that. And especially with Georgia, it feels like it's someone along this defensive line, but who it is. Yeah. I, I have no good guess as to who it's going to be, but it does feel that way to me too.
0: Well, and you, you, in my mind, it's the guys behind the edge rushers, behind the defensive linemen, because they're getting to the quarterbacks, causing the pressure and, and leaving it, making the linebackers look good. So in my mind, I worry about those linebackers, those safeties, because the the edge guys, the, the defensive linemen, I think about Georgia, Jordan Davis, although we're not going to talk about him on here, at least this episode, Jordan Davis wreaked havoc in the backfield. Monster, massive athletic guy with a Trayvon Walker, with all these other pieces in that defense. So those linebackers and safeties, it's easy. They're just cleaning up after the havoc's already been wrecked. So that's my concern would be the linebackers and the safeties. Or if you have two stud defensive ends, one of them is the guy and the other one is lucky. Think about Michigan situation with Hutchinson on a job. Maybe the other one's a benefactor because they're double teaming the other side. And that's the tough they- thing is the NFL has to sort that out. <laughs> True story. All right, last but not least, Drake Jackson. Mr. Craig, where are you putting him at?
2: Fourth, fifth round, same sort of thing, like I said, about as far as these edge guys. I don't have any strong feelings about him as far as what he's going to be in the fantasy football space, except he's probably going to be another guy that's going to take a few years to get sorted out with where he goes and then being productive there enough to make a difference. Even if you have an edge position as opposed to a defensive line, outside linebacker, wherever he ends up. So again, it's, it's probably a little cheap, but he isn't in that upper echelon enough to be a second or third round sort of guy that I'm willing to put a pick out on the line that high up for where fourth or fifth round, especially for these IDP guys, there are a lot less definitive things about him than, some of these late round running backs or wide receivers where it's like, all right, this guy, he's just going to be a pass catching back in the NFL. All right. I know what his place is. I know what I'm getting with him. So yeah, fourth, fifth, something like that.
0: And that's the tough thing. You run into this situation where it's like when you're putting these guys up to some of the the offensive players, which direction do you go? Jackson figures to be a a three, four guy. And if they use him off the edge at, at six, two ish, 250 ish pounds i'm like i don't know if i love that i would rather see him in a different spot but awesome i'll give you the final thoughts on on drake jackson where are you at with him
1: i really liked him when i watched his film i really liked his the way he used his hands and the way he was able to beat defenders or i guess not defenders but offensive tackles uh way he was able to work off the edge and just get to the quarterback so he's actually a guy that i was like really excited about when I watched film. I was like, wow, that was really impressive. He does play in the Pac-12. There is that. But I will say fifth round feels pretty comfortable for him. I guess if you've got Jermaine Johnson in the fifth, you probably should have Drake Jackson in the fifth. I don't see any way you could move him over Jermaine Johnson up to the fourth. So fifth round, potentially undrafted, wait and see. It's one of those guys, again, we've talked already on the episode about Gregory Rousseau and how he landed in Buffalo and it, all the cars just fell right for him. For Drake Jackson, I think something similar would have to happen for him uh, to even really be drafted comfortably. And if you did draft him, probably go in fifth round.
2: And, Brett, you had mentioned when we're comparing these IDP players to their offensive counterparts. It is something we've discussed. It is easier when you don't have three guys trying to draft for four teams each or something, but if we can find some people to do a live draft with us, like you see all the time for those offensive things where we have the IDP players included, that is something we're hoping to do once the draft is concluded. Cause it's a exercise in futility a bit to do it with the IDP guys thrown in there before you have any idea landing spots.
0: It does make it very difficult for, but for it's for sure on the plans and our hopes and our dreams, but for tonight, those are on hold. We, Put a pin in it the show's over that's it folks those are your tiers as always we do appreciate you guys hanging out those that have stopped by and visited whether for long or short we do appreciate you guys and love the, the conversations in the community if you need us rotohe.com you can find the idp rankings in depth not just the top 15 16 guys you can see all of them we also have all of our idp articles. Here on YouTube, if you're watching via YouTube, make sure you like, subscribe and the notification icon. You can stay up to date when we are live because we are live three nights a week now in the off season. As always, if you like it, if you're listening to it as a podcast, leave a rating and review. We do appreciate that as well. It lets the, uh, the algorithms know that uh, you appreciate our content. We thank you guys. We will be back here again next week at 9.30, but also make sure you jump on tomorrow night at 9.30 and watch the Dynasty Heat Seekers. Thursday night, I'll be talking Debbie with Dez again. We'll see you guys later.
2: The IDP Heat Seekers is a proud member of the Roto Heat family of podcasts.
1: Find more content on Dynasty, Redraft, Devi, and more at rotoheat.com.